Masechet Yoma, Daf 62. Uh, we're going to uh, hopefully finish the fifth pedic and begin the sixth one. Uh, in this case, it's actually quite interesting because the end of the fifth pedic ties directly into the theme of the of the next one of the sixth pedic. The sixth pedic we're going to see is talking about the details of the two se'irim. We're going to learn the very interesting halacha that the two se'irim have to be identical. They have to look the same, be the same height. Uh, and we're going to see the derivation of that. We'll also see um, the uh, uh, some other cases, about four other cases. You have two animal pairs, and uh, the and they have to be identical. Uh, so this is very interesting. It's like in uh, particle physics, you have entangled particles, um, and so the state of one affects the state of the other. Um, that's what happens to these pairs of animals. They have to be they're they're joined in their states. Um, okay, this is related to the beginning of, uh, of this stuff as well, uh, because the two se'arim that we bring on Yom Kippur, they have to be uh, joined together in a lottery. You have to have done a lottery and decide, decided between uh, each of these two se'arim, which will be for which. Now, what happens if one dies or one gets lost? You can't just go and get another one and replace it. You have to do a new lottery, which means you have to get two more se'idim, uh, do a lottery on them, right? And then you'll take one or the other, whichever one you need, right? But you can't, if you have se'il Hashem, se'il Azazel, and the se'il Hashem, I'm going to bring our case as the example, the cases that we've been talking about now. Um, and let's say you had a sa'ir Hashem. The se'il Hashem is the one that we've been discussing these past few dafim. That's the one you take the blood and you, and you sprinkle it in Kodesh Kodeshim. Let's say that blood spills. Uh-oh. So we know what to do. You bring another sa'ir. You can't just bring another sa'ir from the street and just uh, slaughter it. You have to do, you have to bring two more sa'irim, do another goral, whichever one ends up being Hashem, that one you slaughter and you bring the blood and you remember you continue from where you left off or you continue from that stage. So now this brings up a very interesting question. Let's say it spills two, three, four times. So you bring another Sayyid. With every Sayyid Hashem, you're going to designate another Sayyid La Azazel. What you end up having is more than one Sayyid La Azazel, right? You have two, three, depending on how many times you have to bring it. So the question we begin today with is, what happens if you have more than one Sayyid La Azazel? Which one should you use? We already established, it says, Oto, you only send one Azazel. You're not going to send a whole herd of animals out to Azazel just because uh, you had to do many Goralot. So we have a Machloket. The first one that you did all the way in the beginning of the day, that's the official Sayyid Azazel. The other ones were just replacements. Okay, so the replacements, what can we do? But the first one is the real one. Fine. Rav Shimi says, no, as each as you do the next one, the first ones get disqualified, and it's the last one that becomes the official Sayyid Azazel. Let's explain each of them. We understand the one that says it's the last one because that's the one whose counterpart you, you, uh, was used to complete the kapara, right? In the case that, let's say, the sa'il Lashem spilled once, twice, whatever. And so the last one, the last uh, sa'il Hashem is the one that you completed, right? You sprinkle it on the Mizbech and you finish. Its counterpart, sa'il Azazel, is the main one because the end of the process is the most important according to 
Um, according to Rav Shimi, fine. Uh, we understand that logic. Why would you say the first one? Right, the first one was like ancient history. Now we're using this one. Uh, so the answer is he follows the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, the Tana, who, who always says the mitzvah is with the Rishon. Okay, so this seems to be a famous thing that Rabbi Yosef said that you always follow the first one. Where did he say this? Uh, we're not sure. We have two possibilities. Remember from Asechet Shekalim, there were three different collection baskets for the Machasita Shekel um, because people came at different times and uh, they would fill one and use it. And then in the meantime, other people that came, they would fill up the second one and use it. And so according to the Biyose, he said, um, they were they had they had written on them Aleph, Bet, and Gimel, and you would use the first one first with Tanya, Amar Rabbi Yosef. Lama ketuv alehem Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Veda leezem ehen itremadishon. Why do you have to write letters on them? Just whatever, fill 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 them up, and uh, whichever you pick one at random and use that first. No, I want to use the first one that was filled up. I want to use that first. And so we're going to take that one first. Uh, the, Kohen, the Kohen will uh, take uh, um, uh, some of the coins in there and use that to buy uh, the first round of animals that will be for communal sacrifices. And he says, mitzvah barishon. Yep, yes, you should do, use the first one first. So to here, he says, use the first sa'ir uh, that was designated, lazazel, that's the first one. So he follows his, so we be following it to be said, that's his, that's his rule. Now we say, no, what, this is not example. That's not a good example. It's not a good source for Machazita Shekel. Maybe at the time that the first one is ready, the second and third baskets are not ready, right? Because we wait till the first one's full, then he takes some of them. It's actually when he when he when he takes the coins, that's when they get designated and says, okay, you can bring them to the farm and go buy korbanot for the betamitash. The second and third one, they weren't yet uh, collected from. So they actually, they're not ready. So it's not because the first is always more important. It's because the second and third are just not ready yet. So that's not really a source that Rebio says in, says in general, you should pick the first. A better, a better source is rather this. We also learn this. It's good. We're going in order. Let's say someone separated a korban Pesach. Right? He's very excited. A few days before. Oh, this I'm going to use this one. This lamb from Korban Pesach. And then, uh, for whatever reason, he, he designated another. Got lost. Let's say he got lost. And designated another one. And then the first one was found. And now you have two animals that are both designated as Korban Pesach. You only need one. So which one should you use? Chachamim say, whichever one you want, whichever one you like better, right? The one that's a little uh, fatter and juicier, uh, take that one. So Rabbi Yosef says, better to use the first one, right? The first one, that's the main one that you designated. So that's the more important. Um, if the second one is really much better, okay, fine. But really says, mitzvah is better with the first one. So too, that's his general rule. We can apply that to sa'ir la'azazel, that when the case where you have multiple sa'irim la'azazel, uh, you should use the first one according to the Biyoseh, the last one according to the other opinions, Adran Alach, 
Hosi'u lo. Okay, Chazakim Abruchim for completing that pedic, a tremendous amount of um, important details to understand Avodah much better. And now the next pedic will focus on the Se'irim. Shene Se'irim Yom HaKippurim Misvatan, Shiyu Shenehem Shavin Bemar'eh Ubkoma Ubdamim the two Se'arim have to be identical. Uh, they have to look the same, they have to be the same height, and they have to be the same worth, same monetary worth. And you have to buy them at the same time, together. All that is Lechatechilah. What if it's not so? It's hard to find. You didn't get a chance. You bought one and you didn't have in stock. Um, so it's okay if you didn't, if you bought them separately or if they look different, it's okay. If, if they don't look the same or if you bought them on different days, it's okay. Um, this is a very interesting halacha. We're going to see the, the, the derivation of it, but I think there's a conceptual, an important conceptual idea behind it, which is worth uh, discussing for a second, uh, which is these two se'irim really represent B'nai Israel. They represent each of us. And the two Sarim are, you know, what is our fate going to be this coming year? What's going to be our, the deen that's going to be decided? Are we going to be, be able to be Lashem, remain in, in the land of Israel and be successful? Or Lazazel represents going into exile, uh, be, you know, uh, uh, be, being punished, right? This is, uh, uh, our future is on the balance here. And the idea is that you can't tell Right, just from the the, the same are exactly the same, right? Meaning um, that you know we are in the beginning, we're equally balanced. It's a fair judgment, and then the decision on Yom, Yom Kippur decides which goes this way and which goes that way. There's not, there's no um, uh, preconceived uh, notion or something built in that's uh, pushing a person one way or another. It's up to us, really, our free will to decide to be good or to be bad, uh, to, have, uh, to have good things or the opposite. Uh, so I think that's the idea behind, these are exactly the same, right? Don't blame uh, you know, your circumstances of how your genes or pre some uh, preconceived uh, uh, predetermination for, uh, for, for what happens to you. Uh, we have to take responsibility. Okay, so, um, so with that in mind, let's see what happens. Now, met ehad mehem. So let's say you, you, we uh, brought two, we have two Seirim. I say, I'm gonna, we're going to use these two Seirim. So we designate them as the two Seirim. But we didn't do the, the, the lottery yet. And then one dies. No problem. Just get another one, right? Um, it doesn't matter. Because even though you didn't buy them at the same day, or even if they don't look alike, but they are bad, it's okay. You, know, you didn't do the lottery yet, so you could just bring any other. But, met. If you did the lottery already, and let's say the one that was going to be Lashem died. <clears throat> now, you can't just bring another random Sayyid and say, okay, you'll be Lashem, because you can't designate it to be Lashem. It has to be decided so through a lottery. You have to go through the lottery process. Now, the other one already had the lottery, so you can't make a lottery with one that was already designated Lazazel. Therefore, you have to bring two new animals and do another lottery, start all over again. Uh, now, when you do the new lottery, now you're going to have uh, two lazazel, right? What do you, so how do you, what do you do with these two? Ve'omad, im shel shem met. The language here really is, it means that im shel shem met, if the one that was lashem died, then you should say the following, because you know which one's which. 
um, זה שעלה עליו הגורל להשם יתקיים תחתיו. The new one that I've just brought, של שם, will be instead of the one that died, um, and I'm going to use the old one of the Azazel. ואם של עזאזל מת זה שעלה עליו הגורל, עזאזל יתקיים תחתיו. והשני יראה עד שיסתאב ויימכר. And if it was the one that was עזאזל that died, then you bring the, then, then you say, um, this one the, that, that, will, that, became Azaz, that became עזאזל in the second lottery, that was chosen to be עזאזל in the second lottery, will be instead of the one that died. And the other one, Um, the other animal, the, the one that would be Lashem in the second lottery, what, 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 what do you do with it? Um, you just let it graze until it gets a blemish, and then you sell it, right? And, and with the money, you buy other korbanot. So no problem. Uh, so you'll have one from the first pair and one from the second pair, but both were chosen by two separate lotteries. So that's how you do it. Um, now, why do you let it, why not, why not let it go and, until it dies, right? How come you're allowed to do such a thing? In general, a korban chatat, which this is, a korban chatat has to, um, if it becomes pasul, then it dies. But that's only true of a korban chatat of yachid, right? A korban chatat yachid, like for example, someone tries to bring korban chatat and then the owner dies or whatever, right? So that korban, uh, you can't sell it. Um, so, but this one is different. This is a chatat for the sibur. So therefore, it has a different law than the yachid. And yes, you can let it graze till it gets a blemish, and then you can sell it. You don't have to let it die. However, to be omer tamut. No, it has to be left to die. You cannot sell it and buy anything with it. Okay, good. Um, so those are super interesting cases. Um, I mean, this language of, and you'll say, if it was this, if it was that, that might be relevant to a case where you're not sure, right? Maybe they somehow got mixed up and you don't know even which is which. So then you could use a tenai like that. said something else. This is the case that we ended the previous pedic on. Um, it's if you had one sayyid lahashem and you took the blood and the kohen, while he's sprinkling it inside, fall, it spills, nishpach adam, that's the sayyid Hashem. Then what do you do with the outside one? Yamut hamishtaleach, the one that was that was paired with it, right? They're like entangled particles. And when one becomes no good, the other also cannot be used anymore. Meta mishtaleach, if for some reason the sayyid azazel died, in the middle while he's doing the korban Hashem, you then pour out the blood, no good. If that one's not alive, you can't use this one, pour out the blood and go get two new ones. So it's really fascinating um, to see how uh, the, the halakha intertwines the fates of both of these together with each other. All right, good. Now that's the Mishnah, Gemara explains, Tenora Banan, we're gonna bring the source for this one, and we're going to bring three or four other cases of paired animals. We always think of the Seyla Azazel as the paired animal, but actually there's lots of other ones too. The Pasuk really could have said uh, here in Acharemot regarding, um, regarding Yom Kippur, it says, it could have said, take some animals. Right, what's that? And I know plural, what's the minimum of a plural? 
two is the minimal, right? If two, two people, you still say, use a plural. So uh, we always assume the minimum. So even if you didn't have the word shene, I would, I would assume that you bring two animals. So why do you need to say the word shene? So that comes to add, uh, shene says paired, right? That's two, that they have to be identical. Good. Now, if I had that, just that, well, maybe I would think, we'll ask this in a second, that it's oblig- obligatory. And if I didn't do it, even with the Avad, it's no good. That's me'akev. How do I know that it's not me'akev? Tamod sa'ir, sa'ir, riba. In Pesukim 9 and 10, you see back, rib, and then it says, sa'ir. And then it says, ha'sa'ir, asher Allah. Okay, we know we're talking about the sa'ir. That's what this whole thing is about. So you don't have to say it again and again. So the, the fact that you say it multiple times, Sa'id and Sa'id is inclusive language and says any Sa'id, right? So therefore, Shene says they should be identical. Sa'id Sa'id says any Sa'id. So the Abad, if you couldn't find it, it's okay. Good. Now, now we're analyzing this, but I you say the only reason that we say it's okay is because Rachamana, that means Hashem, the Torah, um, added extra words to tell me that it's not me'akev. So if, if it didn't say sayir sayir, I would have assumed that if it's not identical, they're pasul. But why would I assume that? How In general, if a Torah says something once, I know it's a mitzvah, but it's not me'akev. Only when it says it twice, then we saw that rule already before. It says it twice, then and not only is it the chetechila supposed to do, but even with the abad, you, if you don't do it, it ruins the whole process. So I wouldn't, I really don't need sayir sayir because I only have one time, it says shene, fine, I know lechetechila, I should do it. So really, I don't need the sayir sayir to tell me with the abad, it's okay. Well, here's why. I actually would have thought, doesn't say shene only once, even if it said it twice, it would be enough, but actually it says it three times, I put them in, in blue here, right? So you see, because it says twice, even three times, I would have assumed, oh, it's not only a mitzvah, it's necessary. If I didn't do it, it's pasul, it's me'akev. So that's why, because to counter the shene, the, the three shenes, that's why it says sa'ir and sa'ir uh, and sa'ir to tell me it's okay. All right, good. Now, uh, now you could wonder why add all the extra words and then have extra words just to take them away. It's just don't have, don't put any of those. Don't put any se'idim and don't put only put one shene and you don't need any of it. So oh, I do something very useful with the three shene words. Um, that one tells me they have to look alike. One is that they have to um, be the same height. And one is have to have, have the same monetary value. So that's why we need three words, se'idim. Uh, and interestingly, we don't bring a source that they have to be bought on the same day uh, from here. Um, okay, good. So that we dealt with. That's the se'idim of Yom Kippur. Now we understand the halacha, they should be identical, but the avad, it's okay if they're not. Okay, but now we understand the, the rules of the methodology of interpretation, we're going to apply it to three other cases. Here's number one. Someone who becomes a mesora on his eighth day, after becomes tahor, he brings two kebasim. And it says the word shene. 
So we're same thing. Mi'aut kebasim shenayim. I could have just said yikach kebasim. I would have assumed it's two. Matamudamah sheneh shushenem shavin. The word sheneh teaches that they have to be identical. Menayin she'afapi shenem shavin kesherin. Tamudamah kebes kebes riba. Um, so how do I know that it's okay if they're not identical? Because in Pesukim 12 and 13, in Vayikra 14, it says, and then again, I could have just said, you don't have to say the word. I know what, I know what we're talking about. So those are inclusionary words. And that comes to say, yeah, but if you didn't do it, I want to include more. It's fine, even if they look different. Hold on. Why would I even assume the, to begin with that it's me'akev, right? If you just had one, the word, one word, shene, then that teaches that um, but doesn't have, have a repetition. So if you have something just once, it's a mitzvah. It's not necessarily me'akev. I don't really need kebes kebes to tell me otherwise. Uh, the answer is, I would have thought in the beginning of that perek, it says, Zot Torah I could have just said, Zot Torah What's Tihyeh? Tihyeh means very precisely. Do exactly everything in this list has to be done exactly or else it's no good. For, so from the word Tihyeh, you're right, it doesn't say Shene Shene here, but from a different way, a different marker says precisely. So I would have thought, yes, you have to be, um, it have to be identical and it's Me'akev, Therefore, the word kebes kebes comes to teach no, the opposite. Okay, now we have the same question. So don't write tehiyeh and don't write kebes kebes. And I'll just have one time it says shenei uh, kebasim and I'll assume uh, but it's, yes, but diavad, it's okay. So why do I need this kebes kebes at all? Well, once I have kebes kebes, what do I need to hear? For everything else, all the other items that are mentioned in Mesora, I need the word tihyeh to tell me, yes, precisely, do it exactly. But kebes kebes says, except this one law, this one can be, but uh, it's okay. Good, that is case number two. Now, another one. Also regarding Mesora, there's another pair, besides a pair of animals that a rich person brings, everyone brings a pair of birds. So could have just said, he brings birds. I would have assumed that means the minimum, which is two. Why does it say shete siporim? So that they have to be equal birds. And how do I know that it's okay if you brought them, um, if they're not identical? But Sukim 4 and 5, one says, another one says again, so therefore those inclusionary words comes to say, if they don't look look the same, it's still, it's still valid. Now, you're getting the hang of this, right? We're following the same, uh, the same pattern. So the reason is because, um, so you're telling me the reason why it's okay is because it says sipor, sipor, and rachamana, right? The Torah includes it. But if it didn't, then it would be pesulot, minalan. Why are you assuming in the first place that it's me'akev? Right? If it just says something once, it's only a mitzvah. Doesn't say it at once. Same as before. It's the same tihye. The word tihye is the whole parasha mesora, including all the details. I might have thought tihye means precisely this way. Yes, it is makiv. So 
That's why Sipor Sipor comes to undo it. Fine. If I already know that you're going to add Sipor to tell me that B'diavad is okay, why tell me to tell me to say it's not okay to begin with? All the other details. So all the, all the details are precise because the word says to word Tiyeh, except therefore the Siporim and the Kebasim of the Mesora. Those B'diavad can be not identical and that would still be fine. All right, good. So that's so far three examples. Now, another one. Tamid, of every day that we bring one in the morning, one at night. It says the word kebasim. We just, Rosh Chodesh. We just read it today, right? So if it only said kebasim, I would have assumed it means two. Right? Uh, why do I need that? Um, so two says shushavin that have to be identical. Very interesting. Now, b'diavad if they're not identical, still valid. Yes. It says the word keves right. Keves ha'echad. That keves ha'sheni. So it says the word keves twice as inclusionary words. It could have just said oto. Fine. So it comes to include now. Um, so, but we can learn from this that that there is a mitzvah to bring uh, to uh, even though b'diavad is okay fit in. I mean, there is a mitzvah to have make them identical. Is that true? Is there even a mitzvah? And we say no. Okay. So this is actually not going to be a good example. So the words. Uh, um, right, comes to teach me that it has to be, they have to be uh, done with the sun. Wherever the sun is, is uh, shining, you have to do shechita of the keves in the opposite place. We're going to explain uh, further. Really, it's shenayim layom talking about the, or the place of where you do shechita. Well, maybe it's just telling me there, you have to do it to a day. This is the basic chova. Now that pasuk already is talking about the basic need and basic necessity. So this other pasuk, that's talking about the placement. So here's a better picture. Um, in the Bet HaMikdash, to the north of the Mizbech, this is the Mizbech, this is facing north, there were 24 rings. These rings would be uh, used to hold down the animal's neck while they were doing Shechita. There are 24 of them because there were 24 clans of Kohanim, so each one had one designated that this was their theirs that they use during their week when they come to serve, except for Korban Tamid. Korban Tamid was always done in this ring and this ring. Which one is which? So if this is north, um, so in the morning, the sun is shining from the east. Now, if it's shining from the east, there's a wall here. So if you did it over here, you wouldn't, the sun wouldn't, would, would be blocked by that wall. So instead, in the morning, we use the westernmost ring so that the sun will shine right onto it. And that's kind of symbolically showing this is the morning one. See, this morning sun is shining right on here. And the afternoon, when the sun is in the west, 
So then it will be not be seen. It will be it will shine over the west and reach the east. It will be hard to reach here. This is blocked, but it will reach the east. So in the morning, in the afternoon, you do it on the eastern side, and that is what we learn from the words shenayim layom. The word yom could also mean like daytime uh, or sun, sun, sunlight, sun. And that's what it means here. So therefore, we cannot use this word to teach me that they need to be identical. Okay, last example. Musafin shel Shabbat, v'adai serichin sheyu shenehen shavin. Right? We om Shabbat, shenecha basim ineshana. So it says shenecha basim regarding Shabbat. And so, yes, the Musafin, the two animals of Musafim do have to be identical. Okay, Rambam does not bring this halacha, interestingly. Uh, perhaps he has a, a different reading of this, uh, of this Talmud. All right, so good. Now we have uh, about four examples of uh, paired animals that must be identical. And now we go, uh, we uh, learn one last paraita. Tenora banan, shene se'ire yom kipurim, she shechatan bachus. There's a general rule called If I take a consecrated animal and I do outside the courtyard, outside the Beit HaMikdash, no good, right? That's punishable by karet. So these two se'irim of Yom Kippur, if some, if the Kohen, anyone did shechita outside before the, you, did, you, you did the goral, then you were chayav on both of them because they're already consecrated to be to be korbanot, so that's a problem. However, interestingly, after you do the lottery, one of them is going to be shelshem. That one is a korban, right? It's it's slaughtered, sprinkled on the mizbech and everything. That one, if you would, if you uh, after you do the lottery, if you do that shechitan that outside, that would be chayav karet. But the one that's Azazel actually becomes no longer consecrated as a sacrifice. Azazel, Koban Azazel is not a sacrifice. You don't do Shechita, you don't collect the blood, you don't put the blood on the Mizbech, you take the whole animal and you send it out. So therefore, it's not, it's not actually a sacrifice. And so if you did Shechita outside, it's not what you're supposed to do with it, but if you did uh, do Shechita outside, not Chayav Karet. Okay, so that's a super interesting uh, Braita. Now, we have a question on this, on the first statement. Before you do the, before you do the goral, the lottery, um, and you slaughter them, you are chayav. But why? What are they good for? In other words, since they're not prepared yet, you didn't designate which one's which, right? So they're not actually ready to be sacrifices. So since they can't be used, why should you be chayav if you uh, slaughter them outside? The answer is because you actually have three seirim on Yom Kippur, two that are the pair, Lashem and Azazel, and there's another seir that's going to be a musaf. That's the same seir of musaf that you'd bring, for example, on Shemini Aseret, on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur also. So these the animals are, in, are not distinguishable. You could right now, you didn't do the goral yet, you could take any one of these three and make it the musaf. So therefore, since it's ready right now, without doing anything else to be a Musaf, that's why if you do Shechita outside, you are Chayav. Fine. Question on that. What's the difference between the one that's going to be for Musaf and the, the other two? 
the, well, you see, the other two um, are, you're still missing the lottery. You didn't do the lottery yet. So therefore, since you didn't do the lottery, they can't be used. And that's why, uh, that's why um, it's, uh, you, know, you, you would be, that's why you would be not chayav on them. In other words, if you knew them, if you knew which one were, which one was which, the only reason you're chayav on all three is because any of the three could be used. But let's say you, you already knew which one. So the other two are not into Haglala yet, so they're not ready to be sacrificed. Hold on, the one that's going to be for Musaf is also, it's called Bachutz, because it's brought outside of the Kodesh, right? The one that's going to be, Hashem was inside the Kodesh. Um, so the one that's the, the one that's for Musaf is also not ready because you can't do it yet. You don't bring the Musaf until after you do all the Avodah of Yom Kippur. So you can't bring it in the morning. So actually it's not ready. It actually depends on, first you have to bring the lottery, then you have to do all the sprinklings, and then you can bring the Musaf, Korban Musaf, right? So it's missing the, uh, the, 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 it's missing that it's not ready for the day yet. Um, okay. So we have a general rule. If you have a korban that cannot be brought yet, then you don't, it's, you, you're not chayab on shechotechos. For example, let's say an animal is only seven days old. Can't bring it until it's eight days old. Or if you have a korban pesach, right? And you bring it a, 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 a two days before. So it doesn't get included in this prohibition. So this one also is not ready to be, to be sacrificed. So it shouldn't be prohibited. It shouldn't be karet. Says a general rule, this law of Mechusah Zaman only applies if it's another day. You can't bring this the entire day. But this Koban Musaf, you can, you're going to bring it later in the day. So yes, right now you still have some prerequisites to do, but since it's eligible to be a Koban sometime today, it's not called Mechusah Zaman, and therefore, um, any of these three se'arim potentially could be the sa'ir for the musaf. And so if someone would slaughter any of them before the lottery, since it could be korban musaf, that would be shichotechutz, and that person would be chayav karet. All right, that's a good place to end. Baruch Adonai, Amen, Amen.